Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. One of the pitfalls of ministry is spending a lot of time addressing needs and not addressing the mission. Hi, this is Keith Tusi with Leadership in Context, helping believers to lead in every area of life. In the last couple of podcasts, we've talked about getting better. And today I want to talk about leading better more specifically. You know, there's some statistics about Jesus. I've heard he spent every, anywhere from 73% of his time just with the disciples to 87% of his time, depending on how you, you look at all that. And I've left that up to some statisticians. But, you know, let's just say conservatively that Jesus spent 75% of his time with his disciples. In other words, not with other people and not in public ministry, but 75%, three quarters of his time developing leaders because he was going to leave the mission to them. It wasn't just the idea of having some nice team ministry, but Jesus was literally going to empower the next generation And even while he was there uh, with the power of the ministry that he had given them, he sent them out while he was still there, of course. So this kind of begs a question. If Jesus spent all his time with the disciples, who was spending time with the people that weren't disciples, the people that weren't going to become ministry leaders, apostles and prophets and evangelists and, and eventually martyrs for that matter? Who is spending uh, that time doing that? So I think a lot of times I think Jesus spent his time with these people, but what that also means is that he did not spend his time with other people. And the truth is, when you're a leader, you've got to make a determination on where your time investment is best paid off. Now, this has nothing to do with the value of a person or the love of God. This has to do with the fruition or the influence or the impact of that person. And I think a lot of times one of the ministry pitfalls is we are spending a lot of times addressing needs and not addressing the mission. It's interesting to me that when we get to the upper room that all of a sudden we've got 70 and we've got 120 people in the upper room. And you have to ask yourself the question, well, where did those people come from? Well, Jesus clearly wasn't spending time with that group. There's no real, uh, you know, context of that. So we see that the disciples were the ones that were doing that. They were developing that next tier or that next group. And I think a lot of times we have to discern whether we are leading that person, okay, or if we are just ministering to that person. And here's how I'll classify that. Ministering to them is helping them to get whole, to become what I would call self-governed, to lead their own life. And that is valid and that is necessary. And I would say it's a key part of discipleship. But I think a lot of time ministry leaders spend 75% of their time during the ministry and not doing the leading. And as a result of that, they have less leaders and just more needs. And so even if they're able to grow, they're not fruitful because things cannot multiply. And of course, this is true in business as well. You know, I think one of the keys of leadership is understanding 
who your top influencers are or who your top multipliers are and really strategically making an investment in them. That doesn't mean that you don't neglect other people. Uh, I told this story before, and we lived out in the country some years ago, and I sold a piece of our property off, and they were drilling a well. And I drove to the top of the hill, and I was watching uh, the well drillers, and they you know, had this big machine, and they're drilling down through, and they're pulling out these big bits. I don't know how long they were, 10, 15 feet long, these big bits. And I said to the guy drilling, how's it going? He said, well, we're about to hit water. And I thought, well, that was an interesting statement. And I asked him why. I said, how do you know you're about to hit water? And he had the bits lined up on the ground. And he said, by looking at the strata, the dirt and the rock that was on the bits he was pulling out, he knew they were close to water. And when he said that, it was like the Holy Spirit said to me, if you will be in contact with every strata in the church, the people at the top, the people in the middle, the people coming in the door, the people you know coming out of addiction and, and divorce and heartbreak. If you will stay in contact, if you will you know have a relationship with every strata, then you will hit water. And I really, really took that to heart, and I believe that. And I think some leaders sometimes get out of touch with with kind of the, the basic element of people, just like politicians are so out of touch with uh, you know anybody that uh, hasn't had, been on government employment all their life. Uh, but at the same time, you've got to say, where is the water? And, and that is where I am going to focus. Uh, you know, a, a good coach doesn't just look at the players that are not so great. He looks at his best players and says, I want to continue to develop them. They have a lot of upside. They have a lot of of physical ability. And so, you know, I want to put effort and time into coaching them up or getting them training or, you know, getting them around somebody else, you know, orchestrating that. And by the way, when you're raising up leaders, uh, you know, you're not, it doesn't all have to come from you, but you've got to kind of be the maestro sometimes. You've got to be the traffic cop. You know, if you're running a business, let's, let's say you're in the manufacturing business and you have to sell your product, but you're not, you know, you're not really the greatest sales guy. You're okay at sales, but you're not the best, but you understand some things and you got somebody that has potential. Well, that's where you get him a sales tutor. That's where you send him to a seminar. That's where you enroll him in something or you 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 provide some other training. You're still doing it. You're just doing it through the agency of of somebody of somebody else. Okay. You're doing it through that agency. Uh, you know, one of the examples like with me, I mean, I always believed in a very strong children's ministry, but I really didn't feel I had any real particular gifting. I love kids, but I didn't feel like I had any real gifting to communicate to them or creative ideas, but yet it was a value that was deep in my heart. So I was always looking for somebody, uh, to train our people somewhere to send people somewhere, some book, some seminar, some person, some other church that was doing uh, a great job in that. So you become the facilitator of it. Uh, I think a good exercise for any company or ministry is to really look and say, who are my best upside people? In other words, who here has the ability to do, and hear me close here, not just what I ask them to do, not just as faithful, 
but there's something in them that's going to take things to the next level. For instance, so most churches have a parking lot ministry nowadays. There's somebody out there directing traffic for safety or to, to get people in the right door or to make sure, you know, people, you know, are crossing the sidewalks at the right place. They don't get hit by a car. Uh, and that's, and that's an important job. It's an important task. And I guess any number of people could do that if they were just basically given some understanding of it and with a decent team leader. And that's a great task and should be done faithfully. But what happens when that team leader says, you know what, we've got a lot of single moms coming to church. Maybe we should expand this team and be parking their cars for them. See, that's the person that has upside, okay? And so what you want to be looking for is not just people that are faithful in in your business or in ministry, but people that are idea people. Uh, Now, obviously, they've got to be faithful to do what they're already doing or they lose equity. And you and I have met people like that. They've got a thousand ideas, but they can't do the thing you're asking them to do. So that's disqualifying them right there. But is there a bubbling up point? Is there somewhere in our leadership where somebody has a great idea where they're free to express that idea? Is there something that's being communicated to them? Are are, are we looking at leaders just that are somebody that is faithful and somebody that does their task? Or are we trying to get people to break out and go beyond that? Uh, I guess my understanding is this. The task I'm giving people, the jobs I'm asking them to do are important and vital. Otherwise, I wouldn't ask them to do it. But I also, in the back of my mind, know that that is, in a sense, just a proving ground and a testing ground potentially for something else God wants them to do, that he's getting them ready for something else and that, you know, we should be open to releasing them to do those other things. Some of you may have been in jobs where you were really due and earned a promotion and you couldn't get promoted because you did your current job so well, they didn't want to lose you in doing that job See, that's bad leadership. That's bad leadership. We don't want to communicate that. We're going to say, you know what? You've done the job well. You've got this idea. You want to move on. We want to support you in that. We got to get somebody else to do that job. Of course, one of the ways you do that is you take the job in hand yourself and make sure that you're raising up somebody to fill your spot and be part of your team. But I think a good test of our leadership is Are we having bubbling up moments? Are there people coming to us with ideas? And of course, you know, the way you get a lot of good ideas is you sift through a lot of bad ideas. So, but that's that Pharisee free environment that you want to have, uh, where people understand it's not just doing my job. It's affecting the mission, our bigger mission of winning souls and making disciples And can I contribute to that in even a greater way? Hey, I hope these thoughts have stirred your thinking up a little bit and maybe even challenged your paradigm, maybe some. Uh, This is Keith Tusi with Leadership in Context. Are we leading people or just ministering to people? A key to leadership is knowing who your top multipliers are and making a strategic investment in them. Who do you have that has the ability to not just do what you ask of them, but has something in them that will take things to that next level? Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. 
Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. To contact Keith or ask a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.